WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Welcome to the Upfront program. Christopher J. Boulay in studio as we open up the phone line, 769-0600. If you want to talk with Chris, we'd love to have you be part of the program today. And remember, the email's always available for Upfront. It's simply upfront at WNRI.com. And if you do miss uh, the program with Chris or any of the Upfront programs, there are two ways you can catch it as a podcast. One, you can just go to WNRI.com. You'll see the Upfront replay link on WNRI.com. If you click that, the most current show is always at the top, but it is a full listings of the archives. Um, now approaching 13,000 podcasts, the Upfront program. If you have Spotify, it's a little easier. You can just open up your Spotify app on your phone, and you'll see there's a category for podcasts. Uh, you search WNRI Upfront, you'll see our logo, and there you go. Same goes for Recipe for a Good Day and other programs. Even uh, the program coming up following this one, Sheldon in the City. Uh, you go on Spotify, you search Sheldon in the City, you'll be able to find his uh, site as well. So uh, Spotify, a good way to deal with that now is Spotify has actually purchased the anchor company that we do use for the podcast site. So they are uh, taking over the uh, podcast world and WNRI wants to be part of that along with you. And along with you today is Christopher J. Boule. Glad to have him here in studio because I'm not talking alone for another hour. Chris, <laughs> always good to be in your company anyway. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, listeners. It's great to be here. And I have never had to figure out how to talk 100% of the time for a couple of hours by myself. <laughs> I've always had a co-host like you or Roger, so I can only imagine how difficult it is. Uh, it, is uh, it is tricky when you're orchestrating the commercial rotation, looking for those next stories. Four hours yesterday straight. Uh, and then two, so it was a six-hour day talking yesterday. The tough part, Chris, is when you get home and your wife gets home and wants to talk about your day. <laughs> you don't want to talk no more. I was warned about that when I was a rookie um, at Smith Bonney. We're going back in the early 2000s, and we had a lot of veterans, and very successful people, and I look up to them and ask them for advice sure. and things like that. He says, what's the best advice you can give me? And the call... Uh, a legend in the business says, you know, you're going to be talking all day to people. Make sure when you go home that you continue to talk and that you don't turn it off. Yeah. And it, it's, a, it's a challenge it, it, because you're talking really all day and uh, especially you, you talk even more than I do. And you get home and, and Roger is Roger's just giving me that same advice. And uh, especially when it happens during your work day, what you doing? Um Hanging out by the pool. <laughs> you know? uh, so Roger's rubbing off on me, and I'm becoming a little kinder and gentler in those conversations. Because you know what they say, Chris, a happy wife is a happy life. You betcha. <laughs> um, and I'm happy to have you here. As uh, we do go through the format, um, the other privilege I have when Chris is here is I don't have to scout the content. I merely get to react to content, and I do 
relish that as well. So uh, Chris Boulay throws a few topics on the table. As always, your calls and conversation are welcome on the Upfront program, 769-0600, or you can email Upfront at WNRI.com. But this is the, the best part of the show where I just get to say, Chris, what are we talking about today? Well, the, 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 we'll talk about the debt limit, which is, has become a monster by itself, and I juxtapose that to 2011 and how it's really taken over people's uh, thoughts and concerns. But the issue that happened this week, and we knew it was coming. It took a long time. I think about it would have been very handy to have it you know, a couple of years ago was the Durham report. So I was just commenting that when the Warren Commission came out, I read that on paperback. Obviously, I wasn't around when it came out, but I, my love for history uh, from my brother and David Boulay and Mr. Poitras, I read the uh, I read the Warren report, and that was in a thick um, hard copy. Um, got to read the Durham report yesterday on uh, Tuesday online, and we all knew it was coming. But what an indictment of our FBI! I th- I'm sure many of our listeners know about it and what happened, but this whole Russia collusion was all made up by the Clinton administration. They paid for some opposition research, and I don't blame them. When you want to be president of the United States, he or she are going to do opposition research, even members of Congress. It goes at every level. But they paid for the Steele dossier. Um, turns out that that was all made up. It was presented to the FBI as evidence about mishappening by Trump and the fact that there was a connection between Russia uh, in the Trump uh, campaign, the FBI didn't vet it. They saw things that they should have been red flags. There was no vetting at all, no uh, tie-in of, of anything. They ran with it. They used that information to get FISA warrants on American citizens, which is supposed to be a very difficult thing to do to spy on the American people. And they ruined a lot of lives, including Carter Page and Michael Flynn. And I was thinking about driving up this morning, the stuff that the Trump administration got done but three and a half years of this hanging over their head. What could they have done if they didn't have to deal with it? And it came out. We all knew it was coming out. The FBI actually had an investigation to the Clinton campaign, but they, they gave them opportunities to clarify their positions. They didn't do that to the Trump campaign and the, and the Trump administration. They tried to undermine it. It created an impeachment. And the FBI really went out of their way to play political favors in a very unbecoming, un-American way. And when it came out, the FBI doesn't push back. They said, we've made changes to prevent something like this from happening again. But it's a complete disaster, and it deserves the attention it's getting. And more so, even CNN is saying that it's unmitigated disaster, that we spent three years, we being CNN, going after the Trump administration for this, and it was all BS. Mm. And for the FBI to do that, if they can do that to a sitting president, what can they do to, to Jeff and Chris and, and our listeners? Well, you can see why people would be hesitant to be a whistleblower when dealing with the federal government. And the FBI, I think, took another big black eye uh, in uh, refusing to cooperate with the Republican investigation into our current president, Joe Biden, uh, and the $10 million question uh, between um, the foreign hands, the 20 banks in question, refusing to ter- turn over any documentation uh, in that case. Um, there was a, a Republican, his name escapes me, but Chris, I thought he summed it up brilliantly when he said the FBI 
is going after uh, New York Representative George uh, Santos with full force for minor implications uh, when they have 10 million reasons to look into Biden and they won't uh, on the heels of this Hillary Clinton thing. We're hearing a lot of Republic, uh, Democrats saying right now that America's lost faith in the Supreme Court. They want to stack the court. They want to open that up to 13 from 9. Mm-hmm. Um, but America has lost faith in the FBI. The, the, or whatever they have. The, there's no question, and we've had leaders of the FBI here over the years, and um, it wasn't that long ago that it was a very well-respected institution, and I was proud to be a member of the FBI Citizens Academy, went up to Boston for months, you know, learning about what they were doing, and got to meet a lot of special agents, special agent in charge, and what a hit to their credibility and their reputation for what's going on here at the highest, highest levels. This is not a rogue agent. This is Jim Comey. This is... um, uh, This is... All of the agents, Peter Strzok, all at the top level, Chris Ray, um, you, you know, and people say, well, let's ban the FBI, let's just um, uh, defund it. Well, you need something there, but certainly there has to be some oversight. And again, the FBI did not push back on this stuff. All they said was, well, we've made changes. They didn't dispute anything like they normally do. J- just a disaster for, for America. Well, we do have some uh, calls already on the line. Um, if you got your headphones on, I got mine on, and the switches are in the right place. That means we can take a call, Chris. So let's get to the phone lines on our first call of the morning. Welcome. You're on the air with Christopher Boulay. Uh, good morning. I will be brief. Um, I'm, gl- I'm glad to hear that analysis of the last few years because I think uh, that if we search our consciences, we realize that many times we immediately react to news and oftentimes that analysis uh, it wouldn't even get you a D. So let me, having said, having said that, the, the guy from New York, Santos, I mean, I, I don't know what kind of game he's playing, but I did hear um, men on the street, men and women on the street, and um, most of them figure, no, I want to keep a Republican there, so let him play out his term and let's see what happens. Not that they approve of it. And of course, what the hell are people thinking? They're tell- not telling the truth about their background. It's not like you're going to get away with it. Although Adam Schiff got away with lying for years, and he will become a senator from California. So, yes, we don't have much uh, faith. But I think one of the reasons Tucker might have been fired is because he showed that video of January 6th, which uh, most people on this station couldn't wait to jump on board and and excoriate Trump uh, for something that had FBI agents intermingled and uh, pushing people on and carrying the story about how many people were killed when the only person killed was Ashley Babbitt. She wasn't armed. And then they gave the guy who killed her a Medal of Honor. Talk about discouraging. Yeah, you, you, you raise a, a lot of issues, and we, I think we will eventually know exactly why Tucker Carlson was, was let go. It could have been simply that his private texts were very critical of, of the leadership. There's a lot of things. But uh, 
it's you know in his position he's like an NFL running back. You you have an NFL running back that lasts about four years. You give him three hundred carries, and then eventually they cut him out. And they're on a, they're in a wheelchair. When it's somebody like Tucker Carlson or Bill O'Reilly, if they're telling the truth, they've only got a certain. Uh, shelf life because eventually somebody's going to get him. That's what I really admired about Tucker. He knew this was coming. Somebody was going to get him. Nobody wants to go on and be excoriated uh, Monday through Friday like the Democrats were. Eventually they were going to get him. Okay, I'm going to uh, I'm going to politely disagree. I was not a, a huge fan of Bill O'Reilly, and I only came to really. Um, be relying on Tucker Carlson probably in the last three years. So, um, and I do try to, I, I try, but I mean, I'm old, you know. I'm sure 30 years ago, the first time I heard news, I was all over it. But uh, anyway, I've said my piece. I think that President Trump deserves another term. I'm really angry with the people like this Kerry Johnson two-cent guy. I mean, come on. And, and as far as DeSantis is concerned, I wish Trump would stop calling him DeSantimonious. <laughs> but he obviously is a tool of the big business wing of the GOP. There can be no other reason why he's running for president in his coy little way and um, I've got relatives who live in Florida and they're not thrilled with him but anyway um, they should all unify don't they learn anything from the Democrats yeah and before, before, and before we let you go I mentioned yeah. Bill O'Reilly and Tucker Carlson but if I would put them Tucker Carlson's the Tom Brady of, uh, of news and uh, Bill O'Reilly's the Matt Castle so uh, make okay, sure we clarify that Matt Castle is. Oh, you, 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 you just made my point right there. Right. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Oh, Thank you. The Matt Castle of media. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> At least you didn't go with Zolak. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, I got to admit that I stay away from, I, I, I've uh, maybe caught five minutes of his career, Tucker Carlson. Um, I stay away from Hannity. I stay away from O'Reilly. I stayed away from Alan Combs. I stay, I stay away from commentators because I don't want to go on the air and just repeat what other commentators' viewpoints are. So I do watch news. I read a tremendous amount of news, even more than I watch it, so I can try to get um, more as unabridged as possible. So uh, Tucker Carlson, I, I've heard you, you, you tout him many times. Uh, real deal, as you say. Yeah, and, and that's, a, that's a tremendous point. People can watch Fox News. We do not want to come together on a Thursday morning and just regurgitate what he's saying. And I will call him out when he, when he makes mistakes, or I don't, I don't agree with him. I agree with him a lot. But there's two things. There's the substance of a, of a newscaster or, or, or somebody like Tucker, and there's, there's this style. And I think you talk about Hannity. Hannity's got a good substance, but his style, where he kind of repeats himself, and you know, I think there's somebody on the on the afternoon here who gives a time like every four minutes. Um, there, there's substance and style here. So um, Tucker is by himself, but you're right. 
Um, but he will touch stuff that other people won't mm. touch. And I'm sure he'd have a lot to say about this. And, of course, um, I think most listeners know he looks like he's going to reappear on Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, his new show is going to be Twitter exclusive. And um, uh, Elon Musk has said well, he's still subject to the rules. or uh, He's going to play by the rules, as they say, whatever the rules are these days for Twitter. Um, and he wanted to, I thought it was interesting where uh, Elon Musk, and this may have been protection for himself, um, emphatically made it clear several times that he's not employed by Twitter. He really wanted to hammer that that across. That this is not you know, he's using Twitter just like any other user, and it, he is not an employee of Twitter. He was really hard on making that point. Yeah, and, and it would be fascinating. Uh, contractual law is something I'm interested. in. I'm not an attorney, but it would be very very interesting if he he was supposed to still get paid by Fox is what mm-hmm. they're saying. Now, did his contract was it so detailed that they they included Twitter as part of uh, uh, mm-hmm. his uh, inability to compete? Because obviously they don't want to pay him twenty million dollars. Somebody else is paying him twenty million dollars to compete against them. Yeah. So it would be interesting if Twitter was actually um, in their mind. And again. Unless Twitter makes the change that Netflix made, and we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, where Netflix used to get manual videos and now it's streaming, I don't see how um, Tucker's ever going to reach the audience that he reached. Just like the National Football League, you and I both like the NFL, they're putting a playoff game this year on streaming only. And, and That's I, moronic. I'm, well, they're testing the waters yeah. because these guys want to have a $6 billion valuation of their team. If they want a $10 billion, so if people... If they can graduate to have people actually paying for it, again, so never mind regular TV plus cable plus this, I won't watch it and out of protest because you're just, you know, cutting your own throat to I, I pay for it. I think they do in the long run because it's the same thing with the NBA playoffs. When it comes to playoffs, it's time to grow your sport. It's time to get it, in, especially in front of young people, um, especially young people from inner cities. Uh, I think uh, playoffs belong on mainstream networks. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, interesting comment by that last call before we jump to the other phone, Chris. Um, don't they understand, uh, I believe the, the cat lady said, don't they understand they're not going to get away with that? And it seems like a lot of things that are happening, even on a federal level or state level, is that they still are, seem to be unaware of the amount of eyes watching the fingerprint of digital never going away. So it makes you wonder when you're dealing with the FBI in situations like this. We are learning because of the amount of eyes watching and the digital fingerprints and the access to information uh, about the Hillary Clinton thing. Years ago, this never would have probably come to light. Yeah. Uh, it seems like they're, they're, they're still kind of getting used to the modern day digital media and the amount of eyes watching. And it makes you wonder what had they gotten away with? Absolutely. And then you think about it, and, and human nature never changes. The FBI, J. Edgar Hoover, wrote wicked, mean letters directly to Martin Luther King. And then he was actually, the FBI uh, was releasing negative information about Martin Luther King to the media. The media wasn't touching it. But we didn't learn about this a year later. We learned about it 50 years later. Uh, J. Edgar Hoover, you know, was no better than than Jim Comey right now in the FBI. Like you say, we're hearing about it. You've got people, and I don't think they should do this whether it's Republican or Democrat, liberal, conservative. We've got people in the White House writing a book six months after they leave of real-time information about the White House. I, I think that's wrong whether they do it to Biden or they do it to Obama or they do it to Bush or Trump. It shouldn't be done. But like
like you said, you fill the news. We'll talk about the debt limit and what's going to people's minds right now in investments. You, you, you got this information flow happening so quickly, it's, it's inappropriate. Well, um, we're going to hit a commercial break. We'll come back. We'll take a call here on the Upfront Program with Christopher J. Boulay. Spring is here, and so is New Edge Lawns and Landscape. We're a full-service company offering general lawn maintenance, including weed control, fertilization, mowing, of course, taking care of your shrubs and hedges, de-thatching, and we'll even do landscape lighting for you. But we do more than that. Call us for walkways, outdoor fire pits, patios, retaining walls, just to mention a few. And we do this both for the residential and commercial customer. We're a locally owned family business, so call Matthew and have him come over and give you an idea of what New Edge Lawns and Landscape can do for your property. His number to call, 401-999-5236, and you're calling a Woonsocket-based company. We're experienced in both big and small jobs for all kinds of residential and commercial properties. Whatever your problem, dream, or need, we have the team for you. Call us today, 401-999-5236. So what's in your appetite? At Grumpy's in South Bellingham, their menu is so expensive, we can satisfy any taste. You may want to try a Grumpy Signature Burger. There are 12 to choose from. And if you like seafood, try our broiled seafood sampler of haddock, scallop, shrimp, lobster, and a stuffed quahog to go along. And you might want to check out a taste of Italy, too, from eggplant, parmesan, spaghetti and meatballs, and many other Italian choices. And you may want to try a Grumpy Sirloin Steak, filet mignon, or a Bourbon Street steak tip dinner. All char-broiled to your taste perfection. And we have a nightly menu special and also weekend specials. Kitchen open Friday and Saturday till midnight. Restaurant open seven days a week. It's time to make it a Grumpy's experience today. Join me, Sheldon, for the program Sheldon in the City, heard right here on WNRI every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. I'll be covering a wide range of topics that can help you grow your business and lessons that may even improve your everyday life. Every Thursday morning, 9 a.m., Sheldon in the City on WNRI. All right, we are here with Chris Boulay, and it is the Upfront program. We're going to hop to the phones in a moment. Remind you, you can email Upfront at WNRI.com if you'd like to take part in the program. We'd love to have you interact with us. Meanwhile, just before we get to the phones, Chris, let's uh, hit another buffet topic. Yeah, just very quickly, I want to thank a regular listener who just presented me a beautiful book, The United States Formation of the Union. It's from 1927. Uh, from the Library of Congress. It's a beautiful book, and it talks about how the United States was formed and the, the thinking of the founding fathers. So I guess I've made it very clear how much I respect the Constitution, and this individual thought enough of giving me one of their copies, and I thank him very, very much. I, I will go through it probably within a week or two, and um, wow. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> You're a better reader than I am. <laughs> well, no surprise there. Well, it was, it was funny. I was thinking about that. The only book I read was Howard Stern's Private Parts. <laughs> <laughs> A- Amy has her golf league on Tuesday night, so I was home working, and the um, Durham report came out, and I'm just sitting there working, and I put the work aside, and, and I read to it, it was like 400 pages, and I said, man, do I need a hobby? Should I be playing more <laughs> golf or something? But I, I, did, uh, I did enjoy it, um, uh, you know, reading the D- Durham report, and I think about it, like I just said, um, years ago, the, the Warren Commission report was on a... Was on a um, a book that you had to read. You couldn't read it on the internet. There was no internet. So. I suppose the ability to absorb and digest mass amounts of information 
is kind of what you do every day. I, I, I try to. Um, when it comes to the investment world, everybody's got an opinion. You've got a bunch of people who say the market's going to crash. You've got a bunch of people who say the market's going to do well. Uh, historically, the market, and I say like the S&P 500, is up about 75% of the time. So the truth is normally that's going up, but you have all these opinions, and one of the important things for an advisor is develop your own opinion and your own thoughts about what's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen, but you take all this information and if you try to be all things to all people and try to get all the information, you're just going to be overwhelmed and you're never going to make a decision. Well, we have a uh, caller on the line and let's uh, get this caller into the program. Welcome to the Upfront Program call. You're on with Christopher J. Boulay. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. I just want to, I'm back after a month, I just want to get one thing straight from you first of all. There are people in the FBI and Democrats and such that have lied to Congress and committed real crimes that have not been punished yet, right? I would agree with that 100%. So I'm, I'm in the FBI now, you know. And I'm going to make up a false dossier. And I'm going to make sure that Biden can't run for office. And there's a reform telling me, no, 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 don't do that. But I know my little pink body isn't going to go into a middle, a big metal cell. That even if I get caught, the worst thing I'm going to do is retire at CNN. That is no reform at all. If you don't personally face punishment for doing wrong, there is no reform. Those people have to be punished. Because otherwise, what incentive do I have to go in there and pay attention to the reforms and to keep my nose on the straight and narrow if I know I'm going to get away with it? This is baloney. Until they go to jail, nothing's been done. And that whole live and let live, live and they'll stick it to you is what it comes down to. And as far as I'm concerned, I don't trust them. I never will. And until people go to jail, nothing's been done because the next guy is going to be just as willing to do it as the last guy because there is no actual physical punishment for him. And, 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 you, and you know, it's not something that's just, just happened. Eric Holder, the attorney general under the Obama administration, lied about Fast and Furious and um, was held in contempt, I believe, by the Congress, and he just ignored it. So, you know, uh, there, 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 there is precedent for that, and it's when you hear, we just talked about the U.S. Constitution, when you see um, rights being uh, used that way, you know, for certain people have certain rights and certain people don't. It, it is discouraging. Human nature will always be human nature, but we've we've got to do better at the highest levels. You know, you, you've got you've got James Comey writing a book about about ethics. You know, when he he lied continuously to Congress and, and to the American people. If I may, there's a reason why America is going to fail, and there's a reason why the Roman Empire lasted so long. Because if these people did this in the Roman Empire, they literally would have put put on the cross and left the hangar until the birds put their bones clean. And maybe today we say we can't do it, but we damn well need to if we're going to survive as a republic. Well, I, I think doing things that materially affect an election, and you have a candidate, I just said, Hillary Clinton, I, I, I give her a pass because opposition research is what you do. So I don't blame her as much for the, the whole FBI thing. I, I always blame the FBI. But when you do something at that level to affect an election illegally, it, it is treason. 
There's no question. And it won't be treason until we look at it that way. But you're, you're, you're defeating democracy by doing certain things at, at this high level. So it's, it's a problem. And what do we do to people who commit treason? Well, the con we it's, it's, it's addressed there. Yeah, it can, it can be that high. I'm, I'm not calling for that. I'm just saying if you're materially affecting an election like this. Yeah. What did we do to the Rosenbergs? Yep, I know. I know. Execution. Yep. It's not, and I'm not calling for that. I'm not even wanting to get into death, but I want to keep right. these separate. I want to keep treason as, as against an act against the Constitution as one thing versus the punishment. We always, we always appreciate your call. It's very informative. Thank you. And we are with you till 9 o'clock this morning, 769-0600. If you'd like to join the program, uh, we'd like to have you be part of it as we continue to throw topics out there. And, of course, we invite you to email up front at WNRI.com if you wish to join the conversation. Um, just before we take another commercial message and get caught up where we, where we should be on the breaks, um, Chris, I thought there was an interesting piece in the news today as Rhode Islanders are looking uh, and questioning whether or not maybe we missed the mark because the reports out of Worcester, Massachusetts was that uh, the sellouts are happening at the games, drawing eight, 9,000 people to a game, and we weren't pulling those numbers here in uh, Pawtucket. Um, but the new study, it's worth mentioning again, I think, indicates at the development of Polar Park. The park itself in Worcester, Massachusetts. Remember, there was some public funding needed in Rhode Island to build a new stadium in Pawtucket. Not paying for itself, as promised by city officials. The stadium cost $160 million, well over the original price. The original price was to be 90 but cost $160 million. It was paid for largely through borrowing. And now the economists at Holy Cross in, uh, I believe it would be Kennesaw State University in Georgia, uh, showing that visitors are not spending much money in the area except inside the stadium. The overall project, they expect a deficit of up to $60 million to the city of Worcester that's going to have to come from taxpayers. Um, so uh, maybe with the reports of this, uh, the Rhode Island concern about the economics of building the new stadium, maybe they were right. Absolutely. It was a big project, and obviously people were disappointed that Pawtucket left. But, you know, when's the last time you went to a game that wears out? I think about the Providence Bruins. When they came in 1994, okay, now we've got minor league hockey in Providence. And now, during the season, I must get 20 emails. You know, the, the tickets are half price. It, it wears itself out. The other thing, too, we were talking about in the, in the green room is that... Um, Massachusetts doesn't get the same kick that Rhode Island got when a uh, high-earning player came down for rehab. It used to be, you know, nobody would ever go to the minor leagues. Caillou Skemsky, Jim Rice, once Jim Rice was done, you know, he never, I don't think he ever went back to the minor leagues for anything. But when they have injuries and they have to rehab and they go to Pawtucket, well, if the guy's making $30 million a year, he's got to recognize income while he's in Rhode Island. Well, Worcester is in Massachusetts. There's no such benefit there. So we were getting uh, an incidental benefit there. But again, you think about, oh, it's great to have this such and such here, but um, you know, who really went to the games? Yeah, and who went to the games and who was comped 
to be at that games because just through WNRI we put a substantial amount of comp tickets so even when you were looking at attendance numbers not every ticket was paid for Pawtucket. No, what's the old joke? You put two tickets for the Pawtucket Red Sox on my windshield and I came back and there were four more tickets. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> I never heard that one but that's a good one. <laughs> Alright, well uh, we uh, still have time to talk with you. We're going to take a commercial message. We're going to get into another topic here with of course uh, Chris Boulay. We thank him for uh, being with us on the Upfront program today. So stick around. A lot more ground to cover as we move through this edition of the Upfront program. Brought to you by the Beef Barn. Beef Barn, one of the great sponsors here on Daybreak Southern New England. Opening at 11 this morning and serving you since 1969 with our amazing meals, including our slow-cooked roast beef sandwich. This is our signature sandwich. But you can try our special deal. What you do is you order any one of the sandwiches and then a side of French fries and a salad for just $3.50 more when you order. Also very popular is our fish sandwich, flaky fish with lettuce, tomato, and our signature bun. So come on in to 160 Pulaski Boulevard, South Bellingham, 200 Industrial Drive, North Smithfield. The Pound Hill Creamery and Cafe is also open every day at 6 o'clock. We are the Beef Bond, Bellingham, North Smithfield. Matthew and Nell invite you to drop off your laundry at M&N Laundromat. They wash, dry, and fold when you drop off for just $1 per pound. And of course, you can use their top loads, front loads, and super load washers and do it yourself. They accommodate small to oversized loads. Enjoy the flat screen TV and free Wi-Fi while you wait. Commercial accounts are welcome, including nursing homes and restaurants. They have the equipment to do big jobs with washers up to 100 pounds and dryers up to 90 pounds. M&N offers free pickup and delivery for seniors in high-rises, nursing homes, and other housing complexes. 10-pound minimum weight. Your questions are answered at 769-9661. The husband and wife team, Matthew and Nell Vasnazian, invite you to stop by at 389 Willow Street. Matt is a Woonsocket native and is proud that M&N Laundromat is locally owned and operated. What would you do if you owned one of those big financial institutions? the right thing? Would you help people? Teach them? Would you care for your community? What would you do if you owned one of those big financial institutions? Would you like to find out? Our customers are our owners. Our owners are our customers. Navigant Credit Union. All right, we are here on the Upfront program. Chris Boulay in studio, and certainly um, it's interesting that Tom Brady still dominates the Patriots' headlines. Um, and I, I understand he's going to attend the home opener when he's honored at halftime. Uh, are you attending that one? You know, it's interesting enough, and we talked about it earlier, that there are more season ticket holders of the Patriots in Rhode Island than there are in Massachusetts, believe it or not. And anybody who I could get tickets from, because I'm not a season ticket holder, will keep those tickets. But Amy and I were talking about it last week, and we're probably, within reason, we're going to pay up to get, to get there. Because yeah. I'm a huge Tom Brady fan, and, and I think about the Mount Rushmore of Boston sports. There isn't one. It's, it's Tom Brady, and then... And another level is Bobby Orr and, and maybe um, Bill Russell and, and, and David Ortiz. But if you really think about a Mount Rushmore, what he's did for 20 years with six championships, he's all by himself. So I'm a huge, huge fan. But as we talked about earlier, too, I guess his popularity is not decreasing. 
his popularity is getting more selective. And uh, TB12's uh, flagship store in Boylston Street in Boston has closed. Mm. And we're talking about that. And uh, Amy was up there shopping a couple of months ago, and she was there, and she says, uh, it didn't. she goes, Chris, it doesn't look good. And uh, lack of business, they actually closed that store. Wow. And they didn't put out any press release. They just did it and was hoping it would go away and nobody would notice. So right now, they have the same one in Foxborough, which I used, and they've got one in Tampa, and I think they've got a little one at the University of Michigan. But certainly... Well, uh, they should keep that one in Michigan. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you ain't got much out there. Exactly. Keep that one. Right on the campus. So, right. um, you got to have some reason to go to Michigan. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the interesting thing with Tom Brady is that, that money... Uh, did you see 80 for Brady? I hadn't seen that. Oh, that uh, I refuse to see it because Jane Fonda's oh, Jane in it. Jane Fonda in it, yeah. Uh, the, um, I forgot you had mentioned that before. The, uh, the concept of walking away, potentially walking away from $350 million for his TV contract because he may be interested. Have you heard that about owning some portion of the Raiders? Yeah. That's a lot of dough to walk away from. Whatever you think about Tom Brady, Tom, he, he's what, he wants what every multimillionaire wants, which is to be a billionaire. And so if you think about it, the NFL teams, the... Denver Broncos sold, I think, for $4.65 million about three years ago. And the Washington Command, well, they're really the Washington Redskins is what they yeah. are. They just sold for $6.09 billion. Wow. I hope I said B, first one. And, they, and the other owners thought they were going to get $7 billion. So just by osmosis, if you invest uh, and you have that capital to invest in a football team, say you invest $50 million, whatever the number is, become a minority partner, just by the growth of the NFL, that could... If, in Past performance, no guarantee of future performance, but you're probably looking at $10 billion valuations within three or four years for an NFL team. Well, if past performance is no indication of future performance, it might work out for Tom Brady. <laughs> yes. Because I think that's a team that's going to be on the upswing over the next, uh, say, 10 years or so. Yeah. Um, it, it is interesting, the economy of sports, no question about it, big impact. Just look at the city of Boston. Uh, we're going to hit another phone call sure. here on up front, and we'll say good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. You're on with Chris Boulay. Good morning. Um, I am very concerned about senior citizens. Uh, get to a certain age, maybe your husband or someone else took care of your financial if you had investments. And uh, I'd like to see senior citizens send people in to beware of flim flammers. You may think you're signing one thing, you're signing something else. And if you don't use a computer or you don't have a smartphone at this stage of life people just want to enjoy themselves with and do what they were unable to do while raising kids and educating kids etc but if you do think you there's something wrong i would if i would go to a local firm and people if they we have good investors in our area stick with with people who know the area, are established, and I'm up from the area. Yeah, your, your, overall to, your overall topic, uh, elder financial abuse, is a significant issue. We have a self-regulating industry uh, group called FINRA, and that's on their list, and my wife is an attorney, and that's, you know, elder financial abuse, elder abuse in terms of legal or financial is, is big, yeah. and the older population has to be protected. Um, absolutely. Um, so I, I agree. We, we just um, 
had a policy put in at our company where we people who are older we want a um, a trusted contact where that we can contact those people and say hey X person is making withdrawals that we don't agree with. Let go back and protect them. It's always better to have a family member. So you're on to a very, very important issue. And as the population gets older, it gets even more important. And I, I, I thought it's happened to me. Uh, and now it's the first step. And, and there was a firm um, that one of the young men I've taught for a long time. And, well, they're older now, trust me. And as they reviewed everything, they couldn't believe it. I, I, got, a, I got information together. Uh, your first step, it goes to the state, state police. They have a fraud unit. And it was accepted. Yeah, like, like, like I said, it's very, very important that you work with he or she, that a person that you trust. It's critical in the legal profession, accounting, especially financial. And uh, we have a special responsibility to make sure that we take care of these people. And what you try to do is have somebody who's going to take care of you like they would take care of their mom or dad. And that's really critically. You can put all the legalese you want, but if they're, at, if they're treating you like their mom or their dad, and doing the right things, and that's where you want to be. Thank you so much for the call. You raised a very, very important issue this morning. Chris, you started off talking about the debt ceiling, and if we can go back to that topic, uh, there's something I don't understand I would love to ask you, and I watched the CNN town hall forum, and I thought President Trump did a fine job with that presentation, but he talked about the debt uh, and he kind of got it. Well, one of the tit for tats he got into with Caitlin Collins uh, was when he said uh, the United States should fault on the debt. You fault on it today. You fault on it. You're going to fault on it tomorrow. He says we should just fault on it now. Um, it's going to be a bigger problem when we fault down the road. Uh, the Biden administration speaking out on it. Uh, President Biden saying the U.S. will not default on its debts. Uh, speaking to White House reporters yesterday about the negoti negotiations on the way with um, Kevin McCarthy to raise the debt ceiling. He says we will not uh, default on the debt. The concept of refaulting on on, on national debt. Um, can you shed any understanding to a layman like me to fault to not fault in the ramifications, or is that too much? <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's the one issue that's come up in my business with my clients more than any other recently, and my job, whether it's here. On, the, on, on WNRI or, or in my business life is try to bring, uh, get rid of the fallacy of vividness. So I go back to 2011 when there was a big concern on, on the on the, uh, on the debt. And the debt is getting out of control. So eventually we're going to have hyperinflation more than we have now, I believe, because the dollars, are, the more you have of something, the, the less it's worth. So for the last 30, 40 years, Congress has put down basically a, a a um, minor break to s slow down and t revisit this because as, as I've said the debt is always a function of the economy so right now we have GDP which is what the total amount of what we make in, a, in, a, in America and it's about 25 trillion dollars but we owe 31 trillion dollars but if, if our GDP was 100 trillion dollars and we owe 50 trillion dollars it ain't that big a deal but owing 31 trillion and only having 25 trillion is the problem so what 
Trump said, and I thought he was too cavalier because when he was president, he said we're not going to default on the debt, as Biden's saying now, as a candidate for president in 2024. He's saying we should default on the debt. But our debt is just growing too, too fast. And it doesn't matter who comes in to the White House. There's so much um, spending that, that's built into the budget. So we could cut the fence, which we're, we're probably not going to do. But we have Social Security, which is really a Ponzi scheme. The money's not there. We have uh, Medicare and Medicaid. We have certain things that we're spending in the interest that, that have to be spent. So it would require major changes in the structural deficit, in the structural budget of, of America. You know, do you want people to have to retire at 70 versus 67. You know, people will say, geez, I'm going to retire at 67. The average life expectancy is 78. I'm going to live for 11 years. I'm going to work my whole life for 11 years. You've already got that. We saw what happened in France when they've got the same issue and they raised the retirement age and people went crazy. Um, anybody over 50 years old is, is not going to have an issue with Social Security. It's going to be there. They're just going to raise taxes. But somebody younger, you've got to revisit do, do you, is it responsible to retire at 67 when, in fact, you're just going to crush the entire uh, economy of America in debt? So this is uh, artificial, $31.4 trillion. We can't really spend any money without congressional approval uh, after June 1st. It looks like we're going to run out of money. But I've talked about it. I know he's talked about it. The cards are all in the president's hand. He could say the 14th Amendment says the debt of the United States should never be challenged, and he could just do it. But... The, the change I'm seeing in my clients and people I talk to from 2011 is much more fearful than it was in 2011. I suspect, I don't want to be cavalier about this, but I suspect in 10 years from now, the media coverage is going to be so bad we have another one of these. People are going to be jumping out the window. I mean, this is go it's going to be okay, people. They will resolve it, but the fear factor I'm seeing in 2023 versus 2011 versus prior debt ceiling uh, conflicts is is uh, is very concerning to me mm. that people are going to make inappropriate investment decisions based on on fear as opposed to uh, common sense. We have an email on the subject of uh, the debt ceiling here. It's from uh, Sandra LaFrance, SL, checking in with us, saying, uh, good morning, Jeff and Chris. Good morning, Sandra. Uh, saying there is a debt ceiling deadline. I don't understand why Biden is prolonging it. Do you think he really cares? In my opinion, inept Biden and his circus administration would hold off just to blame Republicans. Final words. I saw the book that Bobby gave you. Who calls him Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> I saw the book that Bobby gave you. Hi, Bobby. Uh, and if you read that, you're exceptional. <laughs> well, certainly th there's a differencing opinion. And there's a uh, Democratic you know, Senate by a, by a little bit. There's a Republican House. And, and there's a Democratic president. They all have to agree on the debt ceiling. And the Republicans, whether you agree or not, are trying to slow down spending. But it just goes back to... Nobody, everyone wants to cut spending until it affects them. You know, everyone wants to raise taxes on somebody else. So there, there will be a compromise, but it'll be somewhere in the middle. Laws and sausages are two things you don't want to see made, and they're going to come to an agreement. It's just not the days of Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan excoriating each other publicly and then going having a drink and playing cards and banging out the real deal. It will, it, in my personal opinion, I'm speaking for myself, this will be resolved. There's going to be some give and take, and there is a deadline that's not artificial. It looks like it's going to be June 1st that theoretically we would not be able to pay our bills. A quick message from Ollie's Pizzeria. 
Polly's Pizzeria, where fresher, better ingredients make a fresher, better pizza. Now under new ownership and management, family-owned and operated, Sam and Tina return to the Woonsocket Pizza Scene at Ollie's Pizzeria, 204 South Main Street. And the quality you've come to expect has returned to Ollie's. From their famous deep pan to their thin crust, and now Ollie's introduces grilled pizzas. Now, if you're looking for a truly unique pizza, you have to try Ollie's Chicago Deep Dish Pizza, cooked to perfection with a delicious sauce second to none. You'll also find your favorite appetizers, fresh salads, pasta dinners, Angus burgers, calzones, hot and cold sandwiches, and subs, specialty wraps, and more. So visit Ollie's Pizzeria today, 204 South Main Street, Woonsocket, or call 401-766-1157 to place your order for takeout or delivery. Or better yet, sign up for Ollie's Rewards Club and order online at ollie'spizzeria.com, where you can earn rewards every time you order towards free food and more, a way of saying thank you to Ollie's faithful customer base. Ollie's Pizzeria, where fresher, better ingredients make a fresher, better pizza. And, boy, if you haven't tried that Chicago deep dish at Ollie's Pizzeria, give it a try. Uh, it's, it's one of my, it's a very unique pizza. Uh, Chris, we got one more call here. We'll squeeze in here on the Upfront program. You just have a matter of a moment uh, or two. But what's on your mind, caller? Hey, good morning, guys. I'll be real quick. Hey, Miss Nobody. Hey, uh, the debt ceiling. Democrats lay the trap. Republicans fall into the trap. Republicans say that they're not going to give in. They'll give in because if they don't give in, the upcoming future is very dim. The economy doesn't look that great. The economy, if they actually shut down the government, the economy will go down. Republicans get blamed. Biden will not give in. It's a trap set for the Republicans, and they'll fall into it. Uh, and, and again, I think there'll be some compromise on both sides. Um, I, I think that the first thing in order to come to an agreement, you have to have discussion, which means the president has to be uh, not overseas. And I think uh, there will be some discussion. My personal opinion is that, uh, you know, it, it won't, it'll be a deal that the Republicans don't like. It'll be a deal that the Democrats don't like, and that's usually how it works in Washington with compromises. That's my feeling. But um, you, you re- listen regularly. Call me out on it in a week or two if I'm wrong. I always listen. I, you're, you're a good man, Chris. I enjoy your, your, your comments, so I always listen. Well, well, I got you. You make four listeners now, so I really appreciate yeah, you that. You got the fan club growers. <laughs> hey, thanks for thank you, thank you, buddy. Um, Chris, you got about three minutes. If there's something else you'd like to uh, hammer home, it's a great time to do so. Yeah, a couple of things. One of them I find very interesting. I hope the audience does too. On New York Post, the United States Secret Service refuses to hand over emails naming Biden Delaware visitors. So I've always maintained, um, whether it's good or bad, that Obama is really getting a third term through President uh, Biden. And when you go to the White House, um, you have to recognize it has to be noted who's visiting. But when you visit um, their, their residence, the president, whether it's down in Florida with, with Trump or with, in Delaware with Biden, um, the Secret Service has to know who's coming, but they're not turning over the documents. And I would submit that I, I think Obama is there quite a bit. You know, he's got a house in Washington, D.C. He said, you don't have to guess about what he's thinking. He said he really wanted to change America more than he did, but he had a Republican Congress to fight with. Now I think he's pulling the strings very strongly through Biden. They won't re- list that. Mm-hmm. So I think Susan Rice is there all the time. And really a lot of people who are having this president, who's feeble-minded, in my opinion, sorry to say that, is being pushed around. And you look, 
10 years ago, 15 years ago, even when he was vice president, didn't have the same beliefs that he has now, saying that white supremacy is the biggest threat to America. Nobody thinks that that's true. And for the, some of the things that he's doing uh, is, is amazing. And I still feel strongly that, that uh, you'll see Obama there almost every weekend with his feet up on his desk controlling uh, the country. Good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, a little different scenario, but not the first time I felt there was a puppet master behind the show, um, as you know, Dick Cheney, I felt, was one of those. It was, it was Cheney that was running Bush. Um, and, and you could always tell the difference between a Cheney speech and a Bush speech because it had made up words in it. Yeah. <laughs> but, it but at least Cheney was elected, he was elected al- along so. at, at the yeah. same time. Yeah. You know, President Obama, there's a reason why a president can only have two full terms or ten years. Yeah. It's in the Constitution. And he, it's time. And he's a young guy. He's only 60 years old. So, you know, he could live to be 90 years old and be the former president for 35, 40 years. Now, I have a growing uh, a call base that's saying M- Michelle Obama will run. Do you see anything in the future for that? I have no idea. Um, the, the, the bench is very weak with, with the Democrats. Yeah. There's no question about it. Um, uh, Tulsi Gabbard was probably their best uh, opportunity, in my opinion, long term. And she is, um, uh, you know, she is an independent now. Uh, Newsom, is, I think, is very, very weak. So they'll have to get somebody. And, and, you know, the trend has been set. I think the country is ready for a, a woman president. There's no question about it. It just has to be the right one. All right. Thank you, Chris, for your time on this Thursday. Sheldon in the city up next. Sheldon will be talking with you till 10 a.m. this morning right here on WNRI.